Omicron was spreading earlier than previously known. Another school shooting in America, this time in Michigan. And CNN polls Chris Cuomo. Wednesday need to know. Let's go. Good morning. This is Shedder's Need to Know podcast for Wednesday, December 1st. I am Jill Wagner with Carlo Versano. Hey, Carlo. December 1st, Jill. One more month to go in this bizarre, strange year of ours. By the way, I, I haven't asked you, how's Hanukkah going over there? Uh, it's fun. It's great. We light the candles every night. Um, my parents bring Alex a present and she's gotten a ton. Of, it's terrible. We haven't gotten her anything ourselves. Uh, because her grandparents have been showering her with gifts. So we're just like, she doesn't know who, you know, that she we're know. supposed yeah, to be exactly. giving her gifts to. Uh, so it's been good. I heard that there's a uh, gelt shortage this year. Have you have you seen that in your own travels? I haven't because I ordered my, uh, you know, my daughter has food allergies. So I ordered yeah. hers like a month ago because I wanted to make sure that I could get, uh, you know, safe uh, gelts yeah. for her. So I've had gelt sitting around, you know, I figured if there were Hanukkah parties <laughs> or whatever. So I actually haven't really seen it, but I, why, it Jill wouldn't surprise ahead. me. That's what I like about Jill. She thinks ahead. She got, she has the gelt ready to go by like September. She's got her COVID tests in the medicine cabinet. <laughs> That's basically the only way I'm on top of my life though. <laughs> Other than that, it's total chaos. Um, all right, let's get to some news here. As expected, the Omicron variant has started spreading around the world. Two people who tested positive in the Netherlands more than a week ago are confirmed to have been infected with the new strain, which means that Omicron was already in Europe at the time that it was first identified in South Africa. There are confirmed cases now in at least 20 countries, including Japan, Brazil, Canada, Hong Kong and Australia, as well as across Europe. Still nothing confirmed here. Um, but I think it's pretty clear that it's here. <laughs> I don't know why we're pretending sure. it's not. Yeah, of course. Uh, so the uh, the news about the people in Netherlands, uh, people in the Netherlands getting it is, again, important because it's good evidence why these travel bans don't work. Right. As we were discussing yesterday, you know, it's like shutting the barn door after the horse has bolted, as they say. Uh, also, a couple other uh, hits on uh, Omicron, the WHO advising people 60 year older or otherwise vulnerable anywhere in the world to postpone their travel plans. Uh, and the CDC here says that it's going to plan on uh, toughening the testing requirements for international travelers coming into the United States. So they're now going to require, I believe, a negative test 24 hours um, before travel. So a lot of, you know, a lot of movements here. Um, look, the reason it's 100 percent in this country is because I'm thinking about Israel, which I think has four confirmed cases at this point. Israel has a population basically the size of New York City. Okay, yeah. So it's a it's a really small country. They have really good surveillance. They have really strict testing and and requirements for entering the country. None of which we do here. So it's <laughs> right, like exactly. if there's cases yeah. there, why wouldn't we have cases here? And and as we're seeing in in all of these countries, I think it's actually disheartening that we're we still haven't been able to confirm a case. Not that I'm rooting for Omicron to no, be spreading course, in right. the United States, but it's just like, what is wrong with us? We're we're yeah. eight, 19 months into this pandemic and we haven't still figured out surveillance, surveillance testing, yeah. it's, like it's, the basics. Um, it's just really really pathetic, if you ask me. It, I, I'm with you. Um, by the way, the positivity rate in New York right now is about five percent. That is that's high. Uh, that's 
basically mm-hmm. that's it's much higher than it's been um and it's creeping up it's going in the wrong direction though, uh, still, though it is think, worth noting that that uh, new york city now i think is two or three days in a row without any COVID deaths so just to keep just remember this great. is yeah that's that's good um you know we have i believe 90 percent uh, vaccine penetration in new york so that just shows you that the vaccines are working at their most important job which is keeping you uh, off the ventilator a friend of mine has COVID right now. Her daughter has it, um, but she is fully vaxxed and at least at this moment, asymptomatic. So, uh, yep. you know, that that's the whole thing. It's like if you if you're vaccinated and you get it, uh, at least you're you're hopefully going to have a pretty mild case. Uh, sticking with COVID, a lot of developments in the last 24 hours. President Biden's vaccine mandate for healthcare workers has been blocked by a federal judge days before it was set to go into effect. The judge in Louisiana issued a preliminary injunction saying that the White House doesn't have the authority to bypass Congress in enforcing such a mandate. A similar ruling was issued by a judge in Kentucky. Meanwhile, at least four Republican-led states, Iowa, Tennessee, Florida, and Kansas, have now changed their unemployment benefits to include anyone who was fired or had to quit over vaccine mandates. So I, they're effectively paying people who choose not to get vaccinated, which is just like eye roll emoji, I guess. Uh, amazing, right? The healthcare workers, the, the healthcare workers who refuse vaccinations. I know I've said this before. Who are you? Who are these people? I, I, I want to study their brains because I cannot think of something more selfish, uh, truly. Um, I don't know if you saw this, by the way, somebody sent this to me yesterday, so I think it was probably the night prior, two nights ago. Jim Cramer on CNBC, he had this uh, pretty provocative rant on his show Mad Money the other night. He paid, He just came out and he called for a universal federal vaccine mandate, basically saying, like, enough messing around here. Let's require Americans to be vaccinated with two doses plus a booster, have the military carry it out. And if you refuse, he says, be ready to prove your conscientious objector status in court. Now, this is a this is, again, a provocative statement. It's a little bit disingenuous uh, because, he, you know, he's he sort of compares it to what Eisenhower did with polio back in the um, back in the the 50s. Um, but of course, you know, polio and COVID are apples and oranges, right? Polio killed something like 30% of the people infected. COVID kills about 1%. But still, it's an interesting argument. Um, it will never happen. But this is what would actually take for us to put this thing behind us, would be an actual uh, vaccine mandate for Americans. Uh, switching gears here, a 15-year-old student opened fire at his high school outside of Detroit, killing three other students and wounding eight The sophomore was taken into custody by police without incident, but he's not talking. The victims were 16-year-old Tate Meyer, 14-year-old Hannah St. Juliana, and 17-year-old Madison Baldwin, who died in a police car as officers tried to get him to the hospital and and I'm assuming that it, and it's terrible that I'm assuming that it was a male the 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 suspect but yep. I believe it was a male right I mean I don't know but a hundred percent chance that it was um, <laughs> I don't did you see any of these videos that were posted to TikTok from inside that high school this is Oxford High School it's about thirty miles outside Detroit um, these these videos sh- that were taken during the shooting just show some students who were had barricaded themselves inside a classroom as the shooter tried to get in by posing as a sheriff. Uh, they were they were able to escape through a window, um, thankfully. 
But uh, these have become truly one of the most depressing and talk about pathetic things that we see in these school shootings, right? It's just nothing shows American decay and decline like videos and text messages from students who are inside a school classroom while the school is um, in the process of being shot up. I mean, it's like the fact that we just expect these kids to have to fend for themselves with like, I, I don't know what, pencils and desks and chairs. It's just one of the biggest moral failures um, of our time. By the way, uh, in terms of statistics here, this is the 650th mass, sh- mass shooting in America this year. It's the 28th and deadliest school shooting of the year. So great work, everybody. What struck me actually about this this particular shooting um, is that it's getting very little attention. Uh, I listen to a news podcast in the morning as I, as I get ready and prep yeah. for this. I don't even I unless I I mean I I couldn't listen to the full podcast today but it certainly wasn't one of its top 3 stories. Look, um, we've become a nerd to this stuff. Which is like what? Like a a student, a 15-year-old brought a, an assault weapon into a school and killed three people and injured others. That if that's not front page news then I then I I don't know what is. Uh yeah, and, and I think right. it tells us everything that we need to know about what's going on in this country right now. I completely agree, Jill. It's so sad. Um, Dr. Oz is running for Senate. The heart surgeon turned daytime TV host has announced that he's going to run for an open Senate seat in Pennsylvania next year as a Republican. Oz has lived in New Jersey for years. He told Fox's Sean Hannity that he decided to jump into the race over frustration with authoritarian overreach during the pandemic. The Republican field in the Pennsylvania Senate race is wide open after the Trump-endorsed frontrunner Sean Parnell suspended his campaign after he lost the custody of his children. This could be an interesting race if it ends up being Dr. Oz versus John Fetterman, who's a really uh, fascinating uh, character and uh, really interesting character. I mean, I, I, I like him, John Fetterman, on the on the Democratic side in Pennsylvania. But I mean, look, I know that Democrats have their fair share of uh, clowns in the party. But why do so many clowns run for office as Republicans? I mean, Dr. Oz, this guy's a total fraud, man. Everybody knows that. Uh, like he's he's a he's a total charlatan. I think I really I think I said this before, but I think that Trump just made every idiot in America think that they could run for office. Like, hey, this guy can do it. Why can't I? And I think we're just going to continue to see that. I guess on on both sides of the aisle, but it seems to be sort of uh, trending Republican that these guys tend to jump in. After a brief rebound, the Dow dropped another 650 points yesterday when Fed Chair Jerome Powell said the central bank is considering speeding up its tapering of asset purchases. It's an indication Powell is now more concerned about inflation than economic issues posed by the Omicron variant, which are front and center in the minds of investors. Powell said it was time to retire the term transitory in describing what's going on with inflation. So the use of transitory ends up being transitory after all, I guess you could say. Um, yeah, the market, well, it looks like futures are back up today, but it's, it's this is just going to be volatile for the rest of the year. I think all of the sectors that are most vulnerable to the threats of lockdowns and new restrictions have just been taking an absolute beating. So travel, airlines, oil and gas services, ride sharing, all of these uh, sectors are down significantly since the first news about Omicron came out around Thanksgiving. I, I, I did think it was a little bit interesting, though, that you know, he, Powell starts to get serious on inflation just as the market starts to tank, right? It, like, that's what matters, right? It's not like, you, you know, these people don't care that your gas costs $5. They care that the market goes down. 
I, I guess that's not like that's shocking to hear, but it's just notable. His other thinking, though, because um, I listened to his comments after the latest Fed meeting, he, he basically feels that because of the Omicron variant, that there's potential inflation is going to get worse because it's going to cause even more supply chain issues, more mm-hmm. factories that are going to shut down uh, overseas, you know, more delays in shipping. So I think that's part of the calculation here. Sure. Yeah. And the jobs numbers have been true. pretty strong. So one of the reasons that they were hesitant to taper the stimulus is because the, the thinking was that they were weighing the inflation risk versus the employment situation, which weirdly right. just wasn't getting much better. But it's now looking uh, like, in fact, the job picture is a little bit better in this country than thought. The job market. Um, we should talk. On, remind me on Friday to to make a note about the jobs uh situation in this country because I think we're going to get November jobs report on Friday. We should just – it's really – I mean we haven't talked about it. The, the job market right now, I've never seen anything like it. It's just um, – it's so tight. I mean this is a great time to look for a new job if you're in a job that you don't like. It is. That's why we're seeing the, the great resignation. Um, yeah. Let's let's definitely put a note in, uh, Carlo, and talk yeah. about that on Friday. Uh, CNN has put Chris Cuomo on an indefinite suspension after new details emerged about Cuomo's involvement in advising his brother, former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, as he faced sexual harassment allegations. Anderson Cooper extended his show last night to fill Cuomo's 9 p.m. hour. The network has not said, though, what its plans are for the slot while Cuomo is suspended. Indefinite suspension. I believe that's corporate speak for uh, pack your bags, buddy. I don't think <laughs> you're out. Yeah, I don't think he'll be coming back. Um, Again, look, I don't know why I have such a uh, strong feelings about this. I don't have any relationship to Chris Chris Cuomo. I don't even particularly like him. Uh, And I appreciate what he did was unethical, journalistically speaking. And I understand the decision to suspend him. But I also, frankly, would have understood if Jeff Zucker, the president of of CNN, just came out and said, you know what? He made a mistake. He broke our rules, but we're going to let it slide this time because we recognize that he's in this very odd position, right? He's the, you know, he's a a, a anchor of a primetime show, but he's also the bro- little brother of a uh, former governor. Um, but do you ever notice how no company ever does that anymore? They just toss their people to the wolves the second it becomes in their interest to do so. There is no loyalty. Maybe there never was. I don't know. But it seems like in the past there used to be a little more loyalty in corporate America than there is now. And I just, I you know, about Chris I will say Quo- this, though. Yeah. Have you read, have you read the CNN statements over this? Because there were a lot of people that were actually calling on CNN to fire Cuomo originally. Yeah, um, they, they held and their they refused. Yeah. And they actually said, you know, we, we don't, you know, he may have crossed a line, but it, it was, you know, it, it, we understand that he was in right. a rough position and put his family uh, over his job. They actually said that in a statement um, and then right. came out with an additional statement saying, OK, now a lot more information is out there. It's clear that he really that he crossed a, a serious line. Uh, so yeah. I will say in, in fairness to CNN um, and I'm not in, in the business of defending them, I, I just I do think that they were a little bit more thoughtful in this um, you're than right. I would have right. quite you're frankly right. expected. No, you're right. I should. I, I appreciate that. I'm glad you said that. I just, you know, everybody who is on their sort of high horse moralizing over this, I would just ask them, like, what would you do if you were in his position? If you could use your professional contacts to potentially help or at least inform uh, your big brother about something that was going to end his career? I, I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like people don't understand how the world actually 
works sometimes. Uh, but also, it's just amazing. It's always amazing to me how liberals eat their own. They just eat their own. Do you, do you think for a second that if Tucker Carlson, if this happened to Tucker Carlson, that he would have been suspended? He would have made a special out of it. He probably would have been promoted. Uh, look, I don't, I, I can't opine on that. I, I don't know if it's a liberal conservative thing. I, I just think it's a tough issue. I mean, and, and I, and I get what you're saying. It's like, it, this isn't so black and white. It's, it's a hard yeah. position. I, I think he did cross some lines, but I understand why he did it. Um, and I think that, that CNN's in a really tough position, uh, because sure. they owe it, you know, while they have loyalty to him, like their, their bigger loyalty is, is to their viewers and to their brand. No, right. And, and where's his right. credibility? I, I don't know why I've had such a strong reaction to the story. I really don't. Because, again, I don't work for CNN. I never have. I don't know Chris Cuomo and I don't even really like him. Uh, but I, I don't know why. It's an interesting thought. I'll have to self-reflect um, on that, Jill. Yeah, what's going on in your family, Carlo? Are you are you <laughs> like secretly helping a, a brother hide a crime? Like, what's happening? No, but over I would. There? I would. I absolutely <laughs> would. Don't I? I agree with you. Um, and finally, we want to get on the record with this wild story. Netflix has scrapped an adaptation of the best-selling memoir *Lucky* by Alice Siebold after the man convicted of the crime at the center of that book was exonerated. Anthony Broadwater was convicted of raping Siebold back in 1981, based largely on her testimony identifying him as her attacker, and served 16 years in prison. His conviction was overturned last week after prosecutors re-examined the case. The book Lucky has also been pulled by the publisher in light of that exoneration. Have you been following this story? This is a uh, really, really something. Uh, Alice Siebold, by the way, she's the... Um uh, her more famous book is Lucky Bones. So she's a very well-known author. She has since apologized uh, to Mr. Broadwater. I'm just going to read her statement here because I think it's notable, uh, which I will explain in a second. She said, quote, I am grateful that Mr. Broadwater has finally been vindicated. But the fact remains that 40 years ago, he became another young black man brutalized by our flawed legal system. I will forever be sorry for what was done to him, end quote. What was done to him? Hmm. That's some pretty clever wording there. I think it's uh, no wonder that she's a writer. Uh, how about how what was done to him because of me? I mean, he was he was convicted because she pointed the finger at him on the witness stand in this rape trial. Um, so I think that she's uh, shirking a little bit of responsibility here, blaming it on the system. Uh, I don't know. She, it seems like she should at least give him royalties from that book. And Broadwater, by the by the way, he has come out and said that he accepts her apology. So wow. some real grace I there. Mean, how do yeah. you how do you ever give somebody back 40 years of their life. I, I, I don't even know how you can make it right. Yeah, truly. Lovely Bones, by the way. I think I said Lucky Bones. The book is Lovely Bones. Fascinating. I, I actually want to learn a little bit more about yeah. it. All right. Let's do a little more to know before we go. A quick correction. Oral arguments in that Mississippi abortion case before the Supreme Court will be starting today, not yesterday, as we said. Dobbs versus Jackson's the biggest direct challenge to Roe v. Wade in a generation. Um, and Carlo, I just want to mention that there's going to be uh, live audio from the court, yeah. which is it's something that's relatively that's new, new. Yep. but it's going to allow us to get real insight into which way this case is going to go. Uh, the justices to really watch here, Amy Coney Barrett, who's new and she's a very big conservative, thought to be uh, very against Roe v. Wade, but really didn't say any when she was in her confirmation yep. process, like wouldn't 
wouldn't take the bait. So we don't know. I mean, the question is, what are you more concerned about overturning Roe v. Wade or sticking with the precedent, which is that this right. is the, the law in the land for decades at this point? And that's really what Justice Roberts always points to. Uh, so exactly. this is going to be fascinating. And and just to yeah. mention, you know, the, the broader implications of this, there are about 20 states that have what's called like these trigger laws on the books. Mm-hmm. So if Roe v. Wade were to get overturned, or if it, at least if the justices sided in terms of with Mississippi here, um, then immediately uh, yeah. there'd be challenges to abortion and restrictions to abortion in about tw- at least 20 states across the country. Yeah, very good context. Thank you for that. Uh, the pilot who flew Jeffrey Epstein's infamous jet testified at the Ghislaine Maxwell trial yesterday that both Bill Clinton and Donald Trump were passengers on the so-called Lolita Express multiple times over his career, as was Prince Andrew. You know, this case is so fascinating because it, it's 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 been sort of rendered politically inert by the fact that Epstein was buddies with both Trump and Clinton, among others, both high-profile Republicans and Democrats. So neither side can really try to like effectively put the Epstein stink on the other because they end up getting it on themselves, which I think is why you haven't seen as this case, you know, get as much coverage as perhaps uh, it could have. Because this is really some. Uh, th- this case is something fascinating. I-, I agree with you, and also he's dead, so it it takes a right, little yeah. bit away right. from it. <laughs> Um, okay, authorities are investigating Alec Baldwin's fatal onset shooting, said to be pursuing a new lead. Investigators got a search warrant for the ammo supplier on suspicion it may have uh, accidentally sent live rounds to the set of Rust. Baldwin, meanwhile, sitting down with ABC's George Stephanopoulos this week for his first interview since that shooting. Not clear when it's going to air. If you haven't been following the current uh, spat between two House Republicans, first of all, good for you. You shouldn't. It's a complete waste of your mind space, but I will just brief you on it here. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Nancy Mace, uh, they have been publicly feuding uh, Greene calling Mace the, quote, trash of the GOP conference. Uh, Mace responding on Twitter with a bat, clown, and poop emoji. This all started uh, when Mace criticized another frosh congresswoman, Lauren Boebert, uh, for calling Ilhan Omar a suicide bomber. Your tax dollars at work, folks. You know, not that I'm just in like media criticism mode, but uh, Politico, which I absolutely love and I subscribe to and mm-hmm. I, I read, this has been their lead for like days at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and well, it's that, just, you, yeah. can we move on? I, it's just like, yeah, this I, is just so, like, this is like the, the low hanging fruit. Um, and totally. just the, like, I we're, we're rewarding this behavior. We're rewarding yeah. it by talking about it. No, I completely um, agree. You know why that is, though, right? It's because the Biden administration is boring. They don't leak. So all of these Beltway publications don't have anything to write about except for these weirdos. Um, Adele has announced her first Vegas residency. Weekends with Adele will run from January to April at Caesars. Two shows a weekend, pre-sale tickets on sale now. If I you know was what traveling, means. if I, I was doing anything I, remotely <laughs> fun in my life, I would definitely go. I was going to say, Jill, you deserve a girl's trip. Stay at Caesars. <laughs> Go see Adele, play some slots, win some money, come back home. That's what I want for you in 2022. <laughs> uh, and and uh, finally, we've just we've got our first uh, bona fide Oscar contender of the season here. The first reviews of Steven Spielberg's West Side Story remake are in, and they are uniformly positive, ecstatic even. Uh, one critic calling it top-tier Spielberg in action. This film hits theaters next Friday, will not be streaming.
Ooh, uh, can't wait. All I'm right, excited. Uh, not I'm that I'm going to see it in yeah. theaters, but I, I can't yeah. wait for when it goes to streaming. <laughs> uh, that is what you need to know for Wednesday, December 1st. All right, guys, see you tomorrow.